Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 106 of Planning Face Syndicate. Thank you all so much for joining us tonight. Tonight's episode is entitled Analyzing the Patterns of Store Championships as well as a Store Championship discussion on some of the rules. Tonight we're going to be joined by Crispy of Viper Squadron who did not win his Store Champ two weeks ago. So he is coming on to have a conversation with us about a little bit about uh, the store champ format, kind of the things that may have gone awry on his side, um, as well as kind of get into uh, some of the other store champ stuff, <clears throat> discussions that we have planned. Also, we're going to be covering as many of the store champs as we can. I will forewarn you because we took a week off. There is, I don't know, there's like 25 or 30. We are not going to cover them all tonight. It's just that I, I didn't even get through long shanks. That's how many bloody store championships there are and, and in a few minutes we're going to do a new or an old segment called what churns my dials and i have two of them tonight two of them one x-wing related one only semi x-wing related and then on top of that um we're going to be introducing a new segment called pattern analyzer um it is not that new because we cover lists all the time but we decided to change it up a little bit and add a little bit of uniqueness uh, that will go along with our podcast. Now, before we begin, um, I just want to, I have a quick update for my daughter and I thought I, we had some actually some decent news uh, this Friday. So Friday marks the, the, the last official dual dose of immunotherapy that she has gotten. If you aren't familiar with her situation, uh, my daughter has renal cell carcinoma stage four cancer. Um, so we had good news that I announced to everybody, uh, I don't know, about a month ago, and we have another CT scan coming up in two weeks, um, as well to see if we have continued progress, but we officially got some of the genome mapping back, which we thought was going to be denied because the insurance and ended up, uh, they didn't deny us. So, um, we, they did some more mapping of the, the cancer, um, tumor and the positive thing on our side is it is a higher probability and we're talking like like 300% higher probability than we have been originally looking for uh, to be able to be treated once removed the remaining cells um, with chemo or radiation or a combo of the two. Originally, they had told us it was surgery and that was probably it. And then we ran into that the immunotherapy would work and that has been working. and. Now they're telling us that there's a possibility, like a higher probability that we'll actually be able to use um, radiation or chemotherapy to kind of get some of the outlier stuff that had spread. And she might only have to have the one surgery. And then um, our prognosis went from very grim to um, a lot more like very positive uh, this week. So that was, that was fun. That was a super awesome sitting in cancer wards all Friday. But I thought I would share that little update with everybody because um, without that, you know, it's a journey that we're on and I just feel the need since we shared it before to kind of share a little bit uh, back and forth. So now without further ado, let's bring in everybody. Please welcome to the show, JJ. I would need a lion's hat. And when the lions win this year is buying, has to buy himself one to wear on the podcast for a whole year, every show. <laughs> Gridiron, how are you today, sir? 
<laughs> Doing all right, man. Uh, had a interesting Fourth of July. Uh, survived a, uh, a a very big stampede that happened. Uh, luckily, none of my family was hurt, uh, but there was a quite a bit of a scare uh, over Fourth of July. But beyond that, just been playing ton of X Wing. I got my local store championship coming out uh, this uh, this next weekend that's coming up, and uh, just hope that I can uh, take it all the way. Yes. Well, hopefully you fly a good list and not any of that stale Empire bomber <laughs> crap that we nope. keep seeing over no, I, and over again. I have the perfect. So I, um, part of my thing is like you know, once I go to a tournament with a particular faction, I don't touch that that faction again for the following tournament, and I'll go on to another faction. Now, right now, I'm kind of debating between Separatists and First Order. Um, so just just trying to make my my final decision there. So, all right. Also, welcome to the show, Alex the Benchwarmer. How are you tonight, sir? Oh, I'm doing well. Uh, not much to report on. Didn't even actually do anything for Fourth of July. So, you know, we're here. Let's go. Awesome. And our special guest for the night, Crispy, the number third champion of the Star <laughs> Championship. How are you tonight, sir? Feels like worlds uh, all over again, right? Yeah. If, if I if I had a nickel for every cut that I miss on SOS specifically, even though I matched all of the records of the people who love me, I'd have two nickels. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would get you very far in our nickel city league. So there you go. Exactly. Yeah, there you go. I, I need those nickels, man. I'm poor. It's more than my bank account. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, hopefully everybody had a good holiday if you celebrate. If you didn't celebrate, hopefully you had a good week. I will tell you, my week has been insanely busy. I did build a new little intro for our new segment, but I have not had a chance to add Alex's face into our current segment. It is coming. Trust me, we had, I have one more week of go live. So my go live for work has been insane. So last weekend was that funeral I went to on Friday. I went to the viewing Friday and was gone pretty much Friday from like two o'clock till just say one in the morning and then saturday i had the funeral we had to be there before 11 and then we were gone basically till seven eight o'clock at night and by the time i got done with the funeral i like we got and we got home i played zelda that's that's what i did i played zelda for like four hours smoked a bunch of weed and passed out that's what i did wait is this legal you while playing were you doing that while playing zelda because that yes. would be right as hell Yes. <laughs> yes. I I I enjoy. I sadly enough, I've been playing a little bit more Zelda than playing X Wing. I won't uh, lie. It's good. I mean, I'm hooked on it right now too. So I'm right there with you, bro. Yeah. It's 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 between like so right now my with my job, where we were Monday and Tuesday six a.m. Um, Sunday we had last Sunday we had off. Then Monday and Tuesday six a.m. Tuesday wasn't too bad. We were only on for like a touch point, and then like I had to do stuff in the afternoon from eleven to four, <laughs> and then I gave up and I was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go start celebrating." Uh, you know, with my parents, and then I ended up getting called, and I had to work for three hours that night. And then Wednesday, it's like we have to be up at seven. We have to be ready to go at seven thirty minimum, and then I'm working seven thirty till six thirty every night. Um, I did all week, so. Oof. Luckily, nobody on the east seems to work in the hospitals on Saturday, so they didn't as much as they do on the west. So they didn't require us to be online. Lucky I'm you. Gonna, I'm just gonna call that a day. Uh, well. Just a DMC does not that works 25 an hour, 25 hour days. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because it's all the old Beaumonts is what Spectrum merged with. So I don't know. Like they they aren't as needy on the weekends, I guess. Like, and I'll tell you what, on Friday, on the West, like a lot. If if you have a big issue, they just they you work until you fix the issue, or you have like a workaround solution. <laughs> like I was like on a phone call at five o'clock, and the lady was like, "Hey, hey, it's you know it's five, right? I got company coming over at six. I really got to go home. I got an hour drive." And I'm like, "You're you're the one that needed the help." Uh, we we could just we'll wait till Monday. All right, good for me. I'm loving it. <laughs> Meanwhile, Cody's working IT for like DMC, the the Detroit um, mm-hmm. the medical center. Um, yeah, that's just nonsense. <laughs> They're yeah. just like the system only works for DMC. We don't know why. <laughs> good luck. Well, maybe he needs to reach out and join Spectrum Health there, or I guess we're Corwell Health now. Anyway, enough enough jibber jabber, jibber jabber. Um, what I wanted to do so be, we're gonna do a what turns my dial segment, and I want to do it because we haven't done this in forever. So, cue up what turns my dials. So today. In our What Trains My Dial segment, I have, t- I have two things. So the first one, the first complaint I have is Bistan. And I'm just going to say I never cared about Bistan except for on uh, a YT2400. But now it feels like it just has become like it's kind of like the auto include when we had outmaneuver on Grievous. And so the question is, is Bistan actually broken or maybe not broken, but illogical for the cost or is the double tapping mechanic just something we should be on the lookout in x-wing and i'm going to open it up to everybody's thoughts so i mean i think the the fair comparison is taking a look at all the different ships that can uh double tap you know when you take a look across the board you have like uh y-wing anakin yeah exactly (laughs) Uh, you look at like the, a lot of the Y wings that can take veteran turret gunner and use a double tap with like a primary and ion cannon turret. Uh, you take a look at uh, Wrath, for instance, on the first order uh, with the ability to uh, take a, a shot with if he has another person in the bullseye. There, um, it's it's kind of pretty common across the board for it. I think Bistan is probably the most notorious right now, mainly because of the availability of Han Solo. I think because Han Solo has the ability to. Um, not only carry Bastan with perceptive co-pilot, which gives him two focuses, but he also has the ability to uh, potentially double mod those shots as needed uh, when he rolls both of those shots. So I think that his potential is what really brings Bastan over the top for him um, in general. But if you look at like Lando Calrissian or even Leia, the the double shot isn't as powerful because it's not as accurate um, as you could potentially get with Han Solo there. So I think really the problem is just Han and not necessarily Bastan. Hey, Lando can just take a lock and do the double focus for a really accurate Bastan shot. That's fair. But I think the, like, the weird thing with like Bastan is that he attacks out of the same arc and you don't generally get that on the large base like... Yeah. Uh, turreted kind of ships because, like, something like quick draw, right? You know, uh, generally it's just the front arc. If you're doing the back shot, that's just a win. Um, but like, it's generally, like, either it, it for the large base turreted ships, it's one or the other. Like, Ezra Gutter does that, 
or like veteran turret or like Han Solo crew when they did that. That was two different arcs with Bista. And it's a little bit weird that is one. Um, and you know, the rebel Falcons, you know, they have 13 hells, so that could be a lot to chew through. And if they're actually good at the game and flying like Han, you're not gonna generally flank him. And that's where things kind of get weird. Difficult. Yeah. Yeah, my main issue is that it, it, it is from the same arc. Um, because a lot of these other upgrades um that do bonus attacks generally require you to have a different arc, whether it be the veteran turret, the veteran tail. Han just gets a good old three die gun, uh, where he gets rerolls, he gets focuses. And if you just put him on the side of a board, he has the and you know, with his large base, he's got so much room to play with. It's not like cluster missiles where you need them to be close together and you need them at range one to two. There is no range. Like, you can take a range zero shot for free and then go and shoot someone else. Um, it is... It, it's just super, super flexible. And for just, like, two points more than, like, some of these other upgrades that give out... Uh, what's... what's uh, Oh, Vet Turret's, what, five now? So, like, three? Yep. Three? Yeah. Three more points for that much flexibility... And all you have to do is have a focus, and there are so many ways. Like in Rebels, think think about the number of ways that you can get someone a focus token. A million, exactly. <laughs> Katarn. Kyle, nobody Hera. is taking Kara. Kyle. Uh, Duncan won the store chant that we'll get to with Kyle Katarn, sir. That, that's fine. Yeah, no, it, it, okay, yeah. Heratani, like Her, <laughs> like, and you don't need to have the focus for the first attack. Like you can start <laughs> with no tokens. And then during your first attack, have Hera give you a focus token. And then after you've done your first attack, you now have a second attack because you're focused. Um, yeah. It's just Dirty. specifically in Rebels that is way too easy to trigger. And the insane flex, like the like the amount of flexibility that you have on a large base ship at I-6. Where it's like, oh no, if you bump him, he'll just focus anyway. He'll take a range zero shot at you and then take a shot at someone else. Um, I, I I feel like it would be more fair if Bistan Perkop was all of Han's loadout. That was it. Because yeah, there's not many other ships that are abusing that, but him being able to get other upgrades makes him such a big threat. And if you just if you make him just a gun, just a good seven point gun, I think that's generally fair. If you bump up Bistan by like two points, bring him to ten, then you can't do. Perceptive co-pilot Bistan engine upgrade Han. So that might be like an interesting just bump it up by two. And you also couldn't do like the Lando thing with nine nub and all that kind of stuff, because that's exactly his loadout as well. So I mean Do you I, think that that it it um that we could potentially fix this with just taking off the um the gunner slot from Han? Do you think that would probably solve the issue? Uh, yeah, I think that breaks the chassis. I think know, the chassis needs a gunner. Yeah, that that, that kills the, the the whole point of that that ship is to have that like that is iconic JJ that is, we're not we're not changing that Let's the gunner see. icon the gunner icon is the is the turrets on the Falcon yeah that's true it, it would be I I think it'd be very silly to take away the gunner from the Falcon could yeah. always errata perceptive co-pilot not to work when bumping that would be pretty interesting. That would they be only nice. get one, or or just have the rules like when you bump, you do the red focus, you only gain one. That way, you don't have to rat of cards. Just the rules. 
Yeah, I think the bigger thing too, right, is and there's some sort of counterplay in that. Well, I think the bigger thing too here is with with Han or with the Bistan is if you look at like Zam Crew, Zam Crew's eleven, right? So Zam with Zam Crew being at eleven, and that's a double tap. Like I mean, that's what I'm saying. He's like, I don't know if Bistan's broken. Um, even on Han, I won't say he's probably broke broken, but I will say it, it's. It's it's pushing towards that negative play negative uh, player experience that we have seen them work to try to avoid. But you can't tell me you can't tell me playtesters or people didn't know this with hot. Like I mean, come on, for Christ's sake, Bistan's been a staple for how long now? You know, my buddy's been playing that when Han was eight yeah. points. Like it's still still really good. Han's always been like a really really good ship. Sorry, consensus not as bad as Torkoal Mux, but definitely <laughs> something we want to uh, see fixed. All right. Bump it up by two points. It should be fine. The uh, the next piece that I, the, the next what turns my dials is long shanks. Can people stop <laughs> using long shanks? I I, don't, I I think this is silly to have to have this conversation. Like I'm I, I understand why people want to use it because of the ranking system. And I think maybe we, maybe in a month or so, when I've had some time to th- sit down and think about it, maybe we should talk about a ranking system and what that means, right? But the big, the, the big thing for me is like, the, the Long Shanks was not designed for X-wing. We never used it. They accommodated us. They made the updates. Nice people. Great. Love them. But <laughs> it is so hard to get data out of there and to search. It's not even funny. Like. I'll be honest with you. I got so pissed off today when doing research for the this episode. I did not go. I, I just stopped going through long shanks because when you bring up the thing on the screen, it looks funny and like it's harder to grab screen grabs and it's I don't know. Like that pattern analyzer that we use. I think I'm just going to start using that permanently for pulling all lists and everything. Even even outside of roll better, I think. I, I don't know. Maybe I won't do that, but it's it just it, it's just really irritating. It, it, long shanks is just so irritating to me, and I don't know why. But that that's my that's my other rant for the night. Yeah, I mean the UI is not friendly. We'll put it that way, and some things are a little bit wonky. But you know, I got to do what we have. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes, like roll better is probably easier, but also that UI is a little bit clunky too. Not everything's super perfect. I don't know. Yeah, I agree. Right. I mean, I think you know, um, long long shanks has its uses for certain things, but long run, I think roll better right now is probably just the more easier for for the majority of the tournaments. Unless you're having like a specialty tournament where you just absolutely need to use long shanks because it has a little more flexibility for that. Um, I think for across the board, roll better is probably just easier. All right, fair enough. So, let's move into our first seg- first segment of the night. We had Crispy on specifically to talk a little bit about store champs and some of the experiences that he had, and what it did is it kind of brought up a conversation internally, like that I was like, okay, hey, so is this format the most fleshed out format? Right? <laughs> um, I'm gonna say no. Uh, there isn't a lot of restrictions. They, and I understand why, like some of the 16 player requirement seems silly, 
to me a little bit, but they also aren't accommodating a much underneath that. And it, with it being at 16 player, that still means you don't have to have a cut. So there's inconsistency in the format, right? Um, based on the store. The other issue, and I will tell you, like Alex and I both personally ran into this. Uh, Alex and I have been into in two star champs uh, since they've come out, and both of us have literally tied in SOS and in um, you know our our actual uh, mission or event points. I think is what they call them. Um, and the only thing that separated us was mission points, which his fucking Poe must kill things better than my sun pack does. Um, <clears throat> anyway, so, um, you know, so, so there's, there's going to be some discussion around that. The other thing is that I wanted to kind of go through and I'll, then I'll let kind of crispy, you know, give his little speech is what does this kind of mean for worlds? Right. You know, cause we have some inconsistency. Was this the same way as it was before? Is this going to create like a larger gap, right? Like, so, and this is what I want to say is if you world earned your world's invite, I was not a part of any of that. I had to play in the last chance qualifier, earn my world's invite, made it to day two, you know, and it was, I'll tell you what, 15 games in, in three days is not super fun. Um, After the third day, I'll tell you, I was definitely very tired and probably would have been happy uh, just with my day one performance. And call it day. Um, <clears throat> but Anyway, like now we're going to have a different pool, a different set. And I will say that, you know, some of the people that are winning, like, so for example, in Crispy's area, it was Andrew Cox, right? You know, like Andrew Cox went all the way to the top table. No big deal. Crispy went almost all the way to the top table. Got screwed. Um, and, and, and some of the other source chance we're seeing, like Dom and, and, and Liam and some of these other things that we're seeing from overseas are some common names that are winning some of these, right? Um, my bigger concern, though, is... Once it starts to bleed down, <clears throat> are we going to see, and we have a list on here from Scum, which I'm just going to say he's super excited to see a Scum tournament take down um, a sword championship, especially because it kind of like gives us all a middle finger. And we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, too. Um, we're going to talk I mean about some of our negativity towards Scum and maybe how we can start being a little bit more positive in our discussion points and not... Uh, Let's look at some of the positive things sometimes um, because it did win. I mean, in fairness, it did win. But is this going to create some sort of vacuum or gap that's going to create a bigger issue when we get to Worlds? Because if you think about it this way, right, if you th that person that won, same way as when we do last chance qualifier, some of the people that won, like the, the first the kid I played must have done really well in the last chance qualifier. And when he got to me on day one of Worlds, just either he just had never played against a separatist list ever and just like three rounds and i felt really bad really bad um but you know that's kind of the same thing is is this going to you know what we're seeing going to create uh some of that so crispy i'm gonna hand it off to you why don't you tell us a little bit about what's kind of gone on and then we can kind of get into some numbers and different things like that yeah all right so a couple weekends ago uh, I went to the Haven Games Store Championship. Uh, that's my local scene here in Orlando, uh, and we had a we had a really really good turnout. Um, I think we had twenty three. I we we had twenty four tickets sold out, and then one person apparently bought a ticket and just forgot to come. Uh, so we had twenty three, and it was a really good day. Uh, lots of different lists, lots of different. Um, 
people from a lot of different areas. We had the, you know, Viper Squadron from Sarasota. We had the local Bearded Squadron crew. We had the Space Coast crew. Uh, we had some Tampa players as well. So really, really happy to see uh, everyone come out. And sort of how it was going was at the start of the tournament, there was not a set structure, should I say. Um, there was not a an agreed upon structure. There was some miscommunication between the TOs and the judges and some players. And we did not have, we had some ideas for what, you know, what was going to happen. Originally, um, the TOs wanted five Swiss rounds, which for 23 people just ends up repairing people up at the top. So uh, it eventually got convinced to go down to a four-round Swiss cut to a top two, which is not how the store champ sets our, you know, the store champ system is. it For our player size, it should have been four rounds, top four. That was not discovered until the the box for the store champ kit arrived. Like it came in late, like the owner forgot to bring it. So it was like round three or round four. Um, like 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 the tournament is ending. And then they realized that there needs to be a top four, but they already told everyone there's gonna be a top two. So by the time that round four is ending, most people are already packed up to go. Um and then sort of how, how the day went was uh, I, I, uh, I played my sister in round two and we ended up drawing, um, which is hilarious because this was, this was her first time flying first order. Um, well, she, well, I had given this list to her and she had a month to practice going up against my ace list that I've been practicing basically ever since points dropped. And she was able to tie me in the first time that we've played against each other with these lists. Um, and then the idea was, okay, well, if we both have one draw, there's a possibility that there's actually a good chance that one of us can make the top cut, the top two, because there's going to be one 4-0. And then there's going to be one person with a draw. And that person plays the person with the 4-0. So, like, both of us... There was sort of like a moment where it's like, do we want to roll this off? Um, but in my mind, there was still an opportunity for both of us to at least make a shot at the cut instead of absolutely tanking one person and saying, hey, there's no way you make the cut. I'll go make the cut. Um, so we ended up just leaving it as a draw, as it was. And then what happened was the way that the numbers worked out is that once we drew, it then shorted out the number of 2-0 players at the time. So they went from 5-2-0 players to 4-2-0 players. And then the next round happened, and then there were two 3-0s. And the 3-0 players were Andrew Cox and Brian Schull. And I was next up at two wins and a draw. And so Cox just goes, oh, if we both draw, we both beat Chris. It's that simple, right? Because I, I'm being paired down because all the two O's have to be paired into each other. I'm paring down in all, into all the people with one loss. They're playing all the undefeateds. Their SOS is much better than mine. So, of course, they decide to ID. 
and the whole the whole reason that we decided to do four rounds and uh, cut to a top two was because Cox said that that was the system that reduced the number of IDs. Because if you did a top four, going into the fourth round, there would be two three O's that would pair into each other and they would just ID and make the cut. So if you make a top four, sorry, if you make a four rounds top two, you decrease the number of IDs. So it was, it was just a very funny situation where, I mean, a little upsetting because, you know, I'm directly impacted by it. Um, but Cox uh, advocated for a system to decrease the number of IDs or like decrease the likelihood of an ID and then advocating for an ID to guarantee that I get boxed out of the top gun. Um, and the best part about this was that there was a world in where my SOS jumped above the guy that uh, jumped above Brian. I needed every single one of my previous opponents to win and every single one of his previous opponents to lose. And that happened. All of my opponents won and all of his opponents lost, except for the last table, which was one of my previous opponents and one of his previous opponents. His previous previous opponent won. If that table went the other way, I hopscotch up in SOS. So we were one game away from Cox IDing his opponent out of cut. So I, I have a quick question. Yes. What's I still don't understand the logic in the the top two. Like why why ID? Like just let the you know you're gonna have to play each other again. Like at that point, just play each other and not have a cut a cut if that's what you want. So essentially, and I'm not trying to like neither of them are here. I know they had conversation. I'm not trying to speak on either of their behalf. But there were words shared where it was, okay, you can either play me like, like you, like they can play each other once and that's the final, or they can play each other now and then play someone else later, potentially. Because if, you know, if Brian beats Cox or Cox beats Brian, then instead of that being the final, they then have to play me again. So they, so they were both like, Let's just take the chance to just play each other once, then have to play each other now, and then play crispy next round. And so the an, whole yeah, I have another weird question, and this is gonna maybe this reaches outside. I I don't when we played Destiny, we had the same SOS and MLB and everything like that, right? Like we yeah. had the same style. So the question I have is like in other competitive games, so we pick on Magic, I guess. Does mm. this thing exist in Magic? Do they have IDs in Magic? Yes. Okay. So this isn't at least, at least in fairness, this is not an out of the realm conversation that we're having. Like that's unique to this specific game. Yeah, and there are sort of different ways to go around IDs. Um, it's just like it. Like unfortunately, it was. It does look sort of bad that Cox was the one who said, "Oh." here's four rounds uh, with a cut to a top two to decrease the number of IDs. And then in the fourth round is advocating for an ID. Um, but the idea is that, you know, we're trying to keep the, um, the rounds as short as possible, like uh, decrease the number of rounds. And if you go to a top four, um, well, actually no, if you just have no cut, there is a way that, you know, pair ups, 
you know, don't work well. And then you end up with two four O's and there's no cut. So if there's a top two, it guarantees that if there are two four O's, they will play. If there are no other draws beneath, there'll be a four O and a three and one, and then they will play for the cut. Um, but the four O and that three and one may not have played in the previous round. So the other question I have is some seen here. So they assigned zero mission points, which is what AMG explained why yep. you know IDs are different. Like I don't remember what we did at Worlds if they were zero points or not. I don't remember yeah, anymore. Were they okay? So you know, like in a world that they they were trying to create a system where you didn't get mission points, and that's kind of the other tiebreaker. So if they both ID, why does their SOS go higher than somebody that played all their games? Is is there a reason behind some of that? Like, and we had the same thing that happened in ours. Our our team. And our search champ did not ID. They played each other. Mm. Sam won and beat um, Matt. And then they had to replay each other in a top two. Boxed me right out in the third because their strength schedule was higher than mine yeah. because they played each other. Yeah. And and so, like, and that was kind of the same thing. I lost the same. So the probability, like, wouldn't be that it was me, but I won my last game, right? But my strength of schedule, as well as Alex, both of ours were lower than uh, Matt's was so we both got eked out of that top there was like almost no chance and I think we've I think I figured it out about halfway through my game with Jane and I was just like all right well at this point I'm just gonna do whatever I want with Sunfac I'm not gonna even be you know I ended up winning but still like you know like I was a lot more loosey-goosey in my gameplay because um you know there wasn't as much of a way for me ever to transcend into that cut so is there something that we can do or discussion? I, mean, I guess that's kind of where the discussion has to head is, right? Like, why does this, we know why it's a feel bad, but why is this the way it is? And is other, is there other games that have more successful ways to do smaller championships with cuts? Um, I can't speak about different uh, games with cuts, but the real reason, like for specifically for, you know, this championship, the big feels bad was there was a system in place. We had it. We had a set system that AMG had put aside and said, use this for store champs. And we completely disregarded it. And it ended up like disregard, you know, or not understand it. There was a system in place. We didn't use it. It caused chaos. None of this would have happened if we just understand that there was a system and I think we need to come to a conclusion whether IDs are good and useful or we should try to remove as many IDs. Or Actually, there's two different questions here. Whether IDs are good and whether they should be in the game. Because if two players, if it is both in their best interest to ID, like should they have that option? Versus should we cater systems to, re to greatly disincentivize IDing? Because one of the reasons why the the four rounds uh, top four was sort of dismissed early um, in sort of our discussion about what rules to use was because the top uh, the players that are both 3-0 at the end of three rounds will just ID and make the cut. Now, if we're saying that IDs are okay, that system is perfectly fine. They're both playing, they're both, you know, they're no longer taking a risk to knock each other out. They just say, hey, we both went 3-0 on the day. Let's just draw. Let's get into the cut, and then we can play from there. Um, or are we trying to create a system that 
prevents people from doing that. You know, if we're trying to prevent the number of people from IDing, why don't we just make X and one cuts? Like there's no reason to draw if, you know, your, your draws don't matter. It's just the number of wins and losses that you have rather than doing a top four or top eight. It's, and like that, like that is the thing that bugs me is that people were advocating that IDs were okay. And then also advocating for a system to reduce the number of IDs. We need to have systems in place that allow IDs for the flow of the tournament or create systems that disincentivize IDs and disincentivize draws and have ways to prevent players from being punished from those. See, and in my world, in my opinion, I guess, and this is just an opinion, is I, I would be more against IDs. I won't lie and say that, yes, I did take an ID in the, in the, in the, in the world situation, you know, because of who I had to play, who I had to play against. It was like, I've already played this list like once today. I know what it does to my list. It's not a good matchup. We take the ID. He's guaranteed in. I have a high probability of getting it, right? Um, in in, in the the life chance. So I understand why we do them, but that we're also talking that's like a world tournament, right? Like that's a qualifier for worlds. That's not like a smaller store championship. That's like like I will be honest. If Alex and I sat at the top table. <clears throat> And had to play. I I wouldn't also not take an ID. I would just say well, let's just play this, and like we can make an agreement that we're not going to do a top cut if it's just going to be the two of us again. Like I'm okay with that. Like whoever wins with we could we could take that back. I like to gamble too. So, um, you know, for, like, for me that would be a big gamble, right? Like Alex and I play each other. We know for a fact that one of us is going to win. If we play a second time, maybe I have some weird gimmick like Hondo that Alex hates and didn't prep for. He's going to know it, and then next thing you know, he's going to win the next time. Right, so like that's a that's a gamble, but the ID piece of it in a smaller tournament does feel a little silly. To, to me, it feels a little silly because it's just kind of like, hey, we aren't we aren't in a meta where we are in a meta where you could take whatever list you want and play it, but there's certain lists that we're seeing have higher probabilities of win rates. We we are seeing that. We have enough data for that. Um, so I don't know. To me, and then I'll let, you know, JJ and Alex jump in here. To, to, to me, the ID system, they what they tried to do was do that, was to take that away. But in this case, it didn't do anything because it's too small of a tournament and the numbers are too small. And in reality, maybe we outlaw IDs in smaller tournaments of, let's say, less than 100 or something like that. And and just move away from that. Say so you, you can't ID and let everybody play the game. And, you know, we could talk about not having a top cut of four. We could talk about all these other things, but maybe IDs just seem silly in a smaller tournament setting. And maybe 100 is not the correct number. I don't know. Alex, JJ, one of you want to uh, chime in with your thoughts? I haven't talked yeah. Honestly, I think that the intentional draw system uh, is something that probably works better in a larger setting. But when you're talking about a storm champion setting uh, where you're more likely going to have about 16 players or so, it just doesn't make sense, honestly. You know, if the players are more concerned about just not wanting to play each other and they just want to resolve it, then they can go ahead and do a player order roll and just roll it out and just declare the other person a winner. You know, do like a 2010 loss if they wanted to do that way or however the TO organizes that way. Uh, but I, I, it just, it's a feels bad situation, right? Especially if the the definitions, at least you know, in this particular case for that store championship, you know, where the um, 
the flow of the event isn't defined because the tournament organizer didn't have the information at hand. You know, it just feels bad that to allow an intentional draw in that particular situation just kind of feels bad. Like, I, I think I would feel better if the players would have played it out, you know, um, go all the way so that way there's a definitive winner, uh, regardless of the outcome for who wins that particular one. But at least, you know, both players had a sporting chance in that uh, instance to potentially make it to the cut, make it to the, uh, to the top and make it all the way in that case. Um, I, I just not a fan of having intentional draws in small store championship uh, events. Just not. Alex? Uh, I mean, in this particular case, like they have the rules in place for a reason, right? Like if you actually did the top four cut, it doesn't seem like we'd have a lot of this problems. So I'm not sure how like overblown it is at this kind of thing. Um, but <laughs> I mean, you got to have some way to tie in this game, right? Like they did IDs back in 1.0 and that was a, a massive disaster. Um, and unfortunately, the possibility of drawing is much higher now than it would be in like one or 2.0, just because not, not everything's as granular as it was. Uh, so, like, I mean, we can't like go back to final salvo, right? That'd be just disastrous. I, I don't know exactly how they'd want to do uh, like uh, an ID like that. But, you know, at Worlds, getting zero points off of that isn't like a bad solution. You know, it's not really an. I mean, you're hedging your bats if you're going to lose or not, but you got to have it some way because people are still going to do it regardless if there's going to be like a rule saying you can't. I mean, that was like a lot of the problems there is like people will so just. Do you, do you think that's why they do the top four instead of a top two with, you know, between 17 and 32 people? Like, is that why they do that? I mean, it, it seems to be in this case. I don't know why, you know, I don't know their thought process or whatever, but like this situation would have been avoided if the rules were actually in place. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, it like it literally came down to a, it, like in a perfect world, there's not a reason to ID if there's a top two because there will only be one or two four O's. So, like, the only reason new ID in that instance is, you know, there's a 3-0 going up against a 2-1. And, and then 2-1 has really good SOS and is going to hope that um, – or, sorry, uh, there's going to be two 3-0s that draw. And there's going to be a 3-0 and potentially a fourth 3-0. So, it's like, you know, you know, we can draw and have our SOS battle it out for the top two which is very unlikely, but, you know, it's just easier to play in. Um, it only happened to be an ID in this instance because there was an unintentional draw earlier that pulled one of the undefeateds who could have gone all the way down a bracket level. So now there's, like, there's no incentive to play anymore. And I do understand, like, trying not to judge the system based off of, like, the chance that like that happens it's just like if we just admit that ids are okay having the top two players id in a top four cut is not an issue it's it's really not we shouldn't be trying to you know change the system away from the rule set to deny something that we've agreed on is okay that that like that's all i'm asking is that we fall we like we have a you know a set standard where we're not having to argue individual basis for every individual store champ. 
We have a common rule set. We're fine with that. We can all agree to it wherever we go. That works for me. All right. So before we get into any of the star chant numbers, let's talk a little bit about the inconsistency, right? You know, so that's kind of what we've been talking about is inconsistency. And I won't lie and say that, you know, like our local group did a top two cut and we didn't need to, you know, we had, I don't know what, 13 people, maybe 14. I can't remember anymore. You know, we 14. Did, yeah, we, we didn't have 16, so we didn't technically need to do a like top cut, but we did anyway. It was, a, it was kind of a, a discussion point that we had, right? Like we were like, Hey, this would be kind of cool. We ended up finding out that um, it didn't matter. There was actually not a reason to do a top cut. And I will tell you, you know, like the two people that had to replay each other, they it came down to almost very similar scores, and Sam still won. So he won twice. It just was an extra step for him to win. But we did that because we thought it would be kind of cool to be like, hey, there's a top cut here. But we didn't think about what happens, you know, if we don't hit 16 people, and we didn't think about what happens if you would have draws. And I do think there was some draws uh, that happened. I don't think it mattered because it was none of the, the top players that drew. Um, like I had a loss and you had a loss, Alex, you know, and Matt had a loss. We, we all had losses. So it really was inconsequential. And I think B had a loss. So, you know, she, she did not have, um, <clears throat> a draw. So, so we didn't have that same thing happen, but, um, the same results happen. But the bigger question then is, is consistency, right? You know, like is consistent, does consistency matter because for the long run of things, and, and this is the Tanner view, this is, this is what I do for a living is I look at long-term consequences and analytics for what happens over time periods. You know, that that's what I do for a living at work. So like, to me, this is a very interesting topic. JJ earlier laughed at me because I thought this like, because I was like, this is really cool and very amazing. And he thought that was very silly of me <clears throat> to say that in that format. Um, I won't repeat exactly what it is because it's not different, but um, you know, so, so the other inconsistencies that we see right with that, how does that have an effect on worlds, right? Like, is this going to create, in the long run, is this going to create a bigger issue when we get down the road to Worlds? Um, because they may not do a last chance qualifier. That that may not, I mean, there is a lot of store kits out there. There may not be room for last chance qualifiers. I could be wrong. But, I mean, how many, I don't know, how many, JJ, have we covered since store champs have happened? Like, at least, like, 50? Okay. So, we have 50 that we have covered. And you figure this is only July. So there's a possibility Worlds could just be three effing late. That there's no last chance qualifier. <laughs> that there's just three effing days of Worlds. Which, I don't know if that's good or bad either. We don't want to talk, I don't want to talk about that tonight. Because that's a whole, that's a whole different can of worms. How do people feel this affects long-term viability for this? And then after that, we're going to jump into lists. So we don't have to spend too much time. I actually kind of like having like a, top cut at a store champ uh just because i i don't know underdog stories are fun but it's kind of weird when it's just like well there's one four or no guy and everyone else has one loss and now we have to do a top two cut and the four and no guy loses that kind of feels bad uh but i don't know <laughs> i also think amg said they would still they still are doing a last chance qualifier okay I well, thought that's they cool, said then. that, but I could just be making that up. You never know. That would be... I, I did not hear that, but, I mean, if they do still do that, then that just means that JJ has something to work for it, look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> Sorry. I can hear him in the back. I can hear his mind going, F you, Chris, F you, Chris, F you, Chris. I can hear it. It's, it's radiating. I swear, if I come down like right below Alex and the last chance qualifier, Ben, <laughs> by three points, golly. Uh, all right. Any anybody else is, is anybody else feel this this could affect the world? Like so if let's 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 not care about the last chance qualifier yeah. piece of it. Let's does this create any sort of dilemma or any issues once we get into the world discussion in eight, nine months? Um I I think the only thing that's gonna carry over is the discussion of IDs. Um people are gonna fill the ranks of worlds. There's like I trust good players to go earn invites one way or the other. I didn't get my invite this weekend. I I think we have like two more store champs for this area, uh, for Orlando area. And, you know, we're trying to get Space Coast one as well. Uh, and I'm going to Gen Con as well. So I have multiple opportunities. I'm sure I'll get one of them. Um, and like Worlds needs ranks. Worlds needs numbers. If, if you know, the World Championship was just, the top hundred people in the world, that would not be a world's championship. That would just be, you know, a the top, top invite. You know, we like people can earn their bid to worlds one way or the other. Store champs is the best way to do it. Um, and like the more store champs, like that's great. That gets numbers. As long as there sort of is a last chance qualifier, I'd be very disappointed if there wasn't. Um but as long as there is a last chance qualifier, I don't think that there's really going to be much impact other than the, you know, community discussion of what happens with IDs and how it's going to translate over to larger tournaments. Cause there weren't really that many IDs at worlds. If I remember, there were just like, like there was one early on between two friends that had like repped against each other, like dozens of times. And they're just like, we're not doing this. Um, I know that there was one like like eighth or ninth round where both players were like it was a 50-50 coin toss by the end of the game. They were both X and one at the time, and they're like, a draw doesn't kill us. So let's just go ahead and take the draw. Um, and this was like at like at the end of the game, like five minutes in, they just agree to ID because they don't want to sink each other and they both can still potentially win out and make it. Um, and then it's like there was like I think one ID at the top, um, between like a, a pair of eight and ones to make it in. So I don't think IDs had played that much into Worlds last year. It was just like a couple fringe cases here and there, and not the massive oversweeping that we originally thought. Because I know that the community spoke a lot about, oh no, like you know we're gonna have IDs at Worlds. There's gonna be a huge issue. And I know a lot of people were dooming about that. Um, but once it actually like came into play, after ten rounds of Swiss, there's not a lot going on. And like depending on pair ups and pair downs, there might there might have been like two or three more out of like ten rounds, 180 players. Do the math on that number of games, and there's five or six IDs among all that. That seems like a good margin. See, unfortunately, there was a lot of IDs in last chance qualifier to sure. get into worlds. Which might come into more impact. Yeah, like, <laughs> hey, I went as a host three and one. So I, let's just be fair. I did go three and one with an ID. Same with Matt. He just ID'd several games. It's just there was a lot of IDs 
like once people are just like, well, it's the third round, I automatically get in if I just draw. Mm-hmm. And that kind of uh, that made that you know for people it takes away games like it takes away from the spirit of the competition a little bit. That's how I feel about it. So. Well, wasn't the last chance qualifier like you do the math three wins like mm-hmm. three wins gets you like a really good shot. All right, so after three rounds, I'm three now. There, I have zero incentive to play the next two games as long as right. I draw one of them. Which seems like a problem, right? Well, no, and like this goes back to the discussion: are IDs acceptable right i'm just feeding into that like there wasn't a lot at worlds but to get into worlds it's just like well these people did the math and they know at the time like 50 people were getting in turned Mm -hmm. out to be 60 ish um to get in so they're just like well i could just draw and then you know the other people like Sanizuski and I, we played all of our games. We did not draw, and we just barely made it in after they extended it a little bit. So, so let me just, can we clarify? Like, I, so I'm, I'll pick on the Sanizuski thing for a second. I lost to Sanizuski round one badly, mm-hmm. badly. Like he took two of my ships out last turn and just like trounced me on mission points. And then I won my next three, and I did my fifth one, mm-hmm. and I made it in. And you guys had to play all yours because he had another loss. If he hadn't had other losses, he would not have had to play it either. So, like, let's. I I agree with you because I'm, in fairness, I'm on the anti ID board um, for the most part. Like, I think that it causes more issues. But that's a tournament where we saw, I don't know, what was there, 108 people or something like that that played in that thing? Mm hmm. Yeah, so in, in that case, we saw fifty over fifty percent got in, which is very, which is what they had predicted back in nineteen is what happened, or the year before, or whatever before COVID, whatever the year before bloody COVID was, when Crispy was a little baby, and um, <laughs> they, sorry, and um, in anyway, so like they did that before because like I actually was looking to go to that world, um, for Destiny. And that was like the discussion was 50% of the players typically get in on both sides. And um, Andrew Cox had a teammate. I can't remember his name right now, but he used to play Destiny and X-Wing. And he ended up making top cut for both of them. I can't remember the guy's name right now. Really nice guy. Super nice guy. He liked to play Ewok Bliss. God, I can't remember his name. Anyway, so he, he made cut and both for both of them or last chance qualifier. he was able to actually make it in um like he played last chance for x-wing got in scrubbed out in worlds blah 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 bobby his name's bobby there was it bobby yeah i think it was bobby anyway yeah it's just kind of wonky because like well matt my my co-host you know he went three and oh and then just id'd the last two rounds and that just seems kind of awkward if you're trying to have like a play in tournaments for worlds where there's actual stakes going in and then you could just do the math and realize if you just get three wins it doesn't really matter but well, I, I, mean, the, I mean the thing for the lcq is that it doesn't matter whether you're one or you're 50 right that there, there is no genuine position in that so as long as you get to the top 50 no matter whether you win or you you lose or you draw, you are still in the top fifty. Meanwhile, for some of these store store tournaments, IDing like 
has a lot of bearing on whether you're in the top two or the top four. Um, and like at Worlds, IDing matters because, you know, position in a cut is also very important. Um, like you'd rather be seated one or two rather than seven or eight, generally speaking. Um, but it's like specifically for the LCQ, it's just I need to get to the top 50. I have three wins. I draw twice. I'm in the top 30. I'll take that. That, that That's exactly what I need. Um, so it doesn't feel like it, it feels like you have everything to lose. Cause if you just, if you just play and you lose two games, you go three and two, they're going to lose out to all the people that did draw. Um, so it's just, it's just preventing yourself from being punished by playing extra rounds that you didn't need to like, what? like that, like that is the point of an ID. Could you fix it by creating a system where losses equaled one point? I mean, maybe this is insane, insane, but if losses equaled one point, wins equal three, IDs equal one point, you essentially say, I'm no longer like, like Matt doing those two draws, right? He's, he's still three wins, nine points. He's still at 11 points. And somebody like Staniszewski then who did lose, you know, who did lose the two, and went three and two is it the exact same and then sos matters right in your case crispy it doesn't matter because <laughs> i mean it like if if i just based off of like looking at numbers right if i would rat like between two players who i would think is stronger the player that played three games and won all three or the player that played five games and won three i'm probably gonna pick the guy that played three games and won all of them or the guy that played five games and only won three of them. But the so person generally speaking, three. yeah, the, like the person that went undefeated is generally going to be a stronger, you know, list than the other player. So, like generally speaking, the draw just solidifies that. Hey, I went three and zero. I proved myself. I went up against players that had won their games, and I beat them all. I no longer need to play for the rest of the day. I can go relax. I'm going to go have fun at the rest of the con. And now I don't have to worry about, all right, I, it's like, all right, I have to sweat another game. Because if I, if I lose that, then I'm three and one, then I'm on the chopping block. And then I have to win that one again. And now if I'm, you know, three and two, I can now drop down between all the people, you know, SOS depending whether, you know, someone started one and two and then went back up to three and two. Uh, the people who won three in a row, I feel like, didn't have the opportunity to lose the other two games because it was a draw. I, I don't think, I don't know, three and zero at the start of a tournament is less impressive than three and zero later on in rounds. I mean, I like, I hear you. I I won eight straight games and I make that. I know. I know. I and just... like, and like, there is a world that the eight and ones that I deed above me play each other if they are forced to play each other one of them drops and i could potentially hop up above them so like like they're like like that is a possibility it's all just based around sos and like with sos being the primary tiebreaker outside of uh the event points you just you have to play that system and it's just a matter of like, should we discourage players from doing what is in their best interest? 
Like that, like that's what it comes down to. If it I, is in your best interest to systematically ID, should we shame those players? Should we get upset at those players from taking advantage of that? So I think with the so, current system, not like I don't know. So I, I kind of. So no, should we shame players? No, absolutely not. Because obviously it's in the best, the players want to do what's in their best interest to try to get ahead and obviously win the event, right? That's always the, the, the motive for most of these players that, that are play competitively X-Wing to go in these events, win, and just either get the renown or the prize or the invite for whatever it may be for that particular tournament, right? Mm-hmm. But from an organizer point, right, or at least from AOG's point, when you're giving out these store championships, right? The intention behind them, right, is to try to get the best of the best to come and compete at world so that way you have that high level X-Wing event down there, right? And um I, I don't think that the intention behind the intentional draws is meant to just allow a way to gatekeep everybody else below um like the the top players at that at that point to from having a chance of going in there i mean i I, honestly i think that there there's always times where at least in the past right with the previous system where we've had those those players with uh with not so perfect record uh come in with the upset they come in hot at the right time and they win all their games you know going coming in from a low seed and making it all the way up to the cut and winning the tournament and i think that's a lot more exciting to see uh rather than just have you know your normal set of players in your area just you know kind of intentional draw to lock everybody else from having a chance from getting in there i don't think that was the intent but it's kind of happening that way um as as more and more store championships are coming out um but that that's my opinion so all right so let's move on because we spent a lot of time talking about that (laughs) and we are not all in a consensus and i think I think the uh, the idea is is there has to be I think there should be further discussion on this but I think what we need to do is look through and I hate data. saying this yeah. but yeah th- we we got to have data like that's that's what I need to make a better decision um and I hate x and one cuts with a passion like just like let me be frank like that was a little piece of mine that I hated like x and one I don't mind the x and two I, I but it just became a big feels bad inside of larger tournaments because of that so um all right so let's move on so we're going to induce a new segment called pattern analyzer So what we've decided to do is we cover all these store champs and all these other things and crispy's going to get a one-time pass on this because in the future we would not do this but what we are going to normally do is when we start covering our star champs and stuff like that what i want to do is ensure that we have a little bit more of a balanced uh discussion per se right around the meta so like when we talk about all these star champs and all the top lists and stuff like that it gets kind of grueling right and like there's a big issue i think around um a discussion where we only talk about rebels and separatist lists that seem to be winning a lot of these things and it gets boring um so i i have talked to some people we've had some suggestions we're kind of changing up our format of how we cover star champs and last uh episode two weeks ago i demoed this a little bit 
Um, and, and now I'm just kind of making it official and saying this is our new pattern analyzer segment. So when we want to cover like the Welsh Open or some of these larger tournaments, we will not do this. <laughs> we will cover the top cuts. We will cover all the big things. But what I want to do is I want to do any anytime that we we talk about some of these smaller tournaments, we're going to look at the top list, right? We're going to always look at the top list. If it's boring, we're going to read through it and say, move on. Then we're going to cover one to two other lists from that tournament that are unique. Something that we haven't seen before, something that has like a unique interaction, um, something that we go, we just love this list. Um, you know, this is our favorite list of all times. So luckily Crispy gets to have that because no, we've not seen a four ship FO list um, do as well as it has. So it still gets to kind of cover that niche, um, even though we're going to cover more lists than we were originally going to cover. Um, and then what I want to do is I kind of want to talk a little bit about like archetypes. And this is going to come in where Pattern Analyzer comes in. Um, that, that website I talked about before, they're actually upgrading that website. Um, I've been in talks with the guy. The, the guy, I love this guy. This guy is like the best person. <laughs> like I, he is very communicative and he's taken a lot of the stuff that I was doing manually and like digitalized it. And it's great. Um, but anyway, so there's some improvements coming to that website in the near future um, to incorporate some more longevity statistics um that they're working towards so we could kind of say okay how does this list fit within the actual long-term meta right like does crispy's four ship fo list kind of go eh like is it a one-off is it an anomaly are we seeing it all the time is he just taking four the four best ships putting them together like should we be shocked by this you know um and, and i'll say this when somebody can bring something crazy to a tournament such as like six fireballs or can you take seven fireballs still no 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 all right so something like that we go oh my god hey look at this and then everybody starts running it and then it just sucks it's just that guy or that person that individual has just ran that list for like forever mm -hmm. and that list is just good for them you know um and, and personally i feel that's that's how i feel five x-wing lists are like it's a good benchmarker you know it's a great list it can do very well in smaller tournaments but Overall, I don't think it has longevity for that type of stuff. Um, anyway, so that's kind of going to be our new pattern analyzer segment where we try to relate it and give you a little bit more detail than us just reading lists and going, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's not cool. That type of thing. <laughs> and there is one tournament that we will talk about tonight. There is one tournament where Scum has won. Scum has won, folks. A store championship. It's... Fireplace for Christ's sake. I, I, I did my own research on that while we were waiting. Uh it, I I think it's a lot more of an anomaly than we think. Sure. We'll get to that <laughs> right after this one. That, that one was a little sauce. <laughs> All right. Um anyway, let's let's talk about this. So I put all these things in here and I forgot to bring them up while we were actually discussing them. So um by the way. Here is round four where they took the draw and ID. <laughs> and then here's where they had to replay themselves. <laughs> so I had a visual for you. I just never shared yep. it. Um, I will say congratulations to FaZe for making top four. Um, FaZe is somebody that's been from our Nickel City group and somebody that mm -hmm. talks in our separate Discord. Um, love the guy. Uh, that type of stuff. All right. So who wants Andrew Cox's winning list? We're going to give it to JJ. That's who's going to take it because we've talked about this list, I don't know, a hundred <laughs> effing times. And I believe this already won a sword champ before. 
So Alex, this is the list that you should be taking the next our champ because it seems to win no matter what. So yeah, so we got a Rebel Alliance list here. Uh, we got Han Solo in the White C-1300 with Perceptive Co-Pilot, Chopper, Bastan, Engine Upgrade, and Millennium Falcon title. Fenra with Crackshot, Predator, and Beskar Reinforced Planning. Wedge Antilles in the A-Wing with a Crackshot and Marksmanship. And then we have Keo Venzi with Juke. And then uh, Sabine Ren with Beskar Reinforced Plating. Uh, I do like the addition of Chopper on Han Solo. It essentially allows Han to bump and then take the scenario action if you needs to on there but generally you are using that hot for that perceptive cold pilot based on double shot there uh fenral as well uh really great to uh kind of enable the the rest of the list to uh do their their red actions take it out and give them uh more flexibility whenever they need to um if they happen to be in front of fenral when this happens here uh you gotta uh i think this is more of a very heavy objective grabbing list um a good list that just focuses heavily on uh, securing those objectives and if you happen to go into brawl han solo can really dish out really good accurate shots uh, with the standard perceptive co-pilot um but it's uh it's definitely a, a tough list to, to go through something that we've been seeing a lot in rebels recently all right i i don't know do, so what do you so what is in place of chopper if they don't have chopper what do they run normally Trick shot. Yeah, it, it's chopper okay. engine upgrade or trick shot. Yeah, I prefer chopper engine upgrade. Yeah, my more opinion. utility. Yeah. Yeah, let's just. Um, I like trick shot on Han. It's not difficult to get, but I'd much rather have engine upgrade. Yeah, I yeah. think engine upgrade makes more sense logically. I don't know. You, you don't roll bad defense dice if you aren't getting shot at <laughs> that's very mm-hmm. true stupid yeah. and it's and trick shot is generally something that ships sort of lean into uh if you have a ship of trick shot you're generally trying to get that trick shot to go off as many times as you can but if you give han just like engine upgrade um and chopper you don't have to worry about trick shot and you just put his arc forward and he just he can just like if he has a lane where he's got obstacles he's just gonna run straight down that lane and he'll like he'll joust you he'll double tap you he doesn't need the trick shot. He'll just get in range one, and then he'll 4K, and then chopper to double focus again, and then go right back down that lane. Yeah, I mean, like, Han is probably the best pilot to have trick shot because you want to be by the asteroids, and it's really not difficult, but I, the the utility you get out of engine upgrade and chopper in a pinch is, I think, outweighs the, the trick shot. Yeah. All right. Next list is from Nacho Taco. Uh, Alex, what is what is this list? I think we've seen this before too. Except we have not seen Sicko. anything like this. <laughs> These no. are not SOC wolves or jags. Those are build your own wolf and jag. Oh, they are. You're right. <laughs> yes, yeah, it is. Marksmanship, plasma torps, R4P, synchronized council on wolf, jag with plasma, R4P, marksmanship, synchronized council. Sicko, my boy with saturation salvo, multi missile pods, wolf pack, agile gunner, and synchronized council, which is funny and awesome. You got oddball and the V wing with the bash plasma torps, synchronized council R4P, and then both the two point clone Z's with fire control and synchronized council. What is this list missing, Alex? Um, yeah, it's a, it's a shocking lack of dedicated in there, but you know, <laughs> uh, the synchronized council. Is strong, might be a little excessive when you have Wolf Wolfpack in there. 
um, just because you're already getting a bunch of locks off of that. But if you shoot one ship in this list, they get a lock on you and they can share it with pretty much everyone there. And then you have the lab that gives you re-rolls so you don't need to spend your lock for synchronized council so you can give it to someone else. Can can I say uh, I love multi-missile pods? Like, I just... I'm very excited somebody actually took that. The only problem with them is that it requires a lock or a calculate, which Sicko is not getting a calculate in that list. Yeah. Generally, I see multi-missile pods with C-3PO, which makes a very defensive and very, you know, Mm -hmm. still strong hitting uh, lat because with the defensive rerolls, that's very cool. Like, you can just sit there and just reroll that one defense die over and over until you get that one evade. Um, And then when it's your turn to shoot, you have the calcs, you can throw dice out the front, and then you have the calcs for modification, and you have your own um, fire conversion. So you throw a double-modded multi-missile pod back if you are ignored. Um, but this list has saturation salvo, so you don't have access to calcs. Uh, but since you are I2 and you are shooting last, um, if one person in your list gets shot at, you then wolf pack that lock and then pass the lock through your entire list, ending on Sicko, and then Sicko can just fire the multi-missile pods. Right. Um, because like with Oddball, Oddball is probably locking for uh, his action, but everyone else in the list is most likely focusing. And you know, if you get one lock out there via synchronized console, that just runs through all of your plasma torpedoes first, gets passed through the Z's, then gets passed back to Sicko. Um, so it's just it, it's just that they all focus across the board. And then they will share the lock going around, being able to fire control, uh, sorry, fire convergence for rerolls, and then have a focus. So most of the attacks are going to be double modded. And then they will eventually get passed down to Sicko, who can spend the lock if he needs to with his own focus. The only sad thing is that you just shot all six of your ships into one ship because you only have one lock on them and somehow didn't die by the time it got to Sicko. Correct. <laughs> um, which is why you have multiple ships with multiple locks. And, um, like, you have... Uh, see, none of them have R3, which is, I think, slightly unfortunate. Um, I, I think you could afford to have maybe one of them with R3, just so you can hold, like, have one guy hold extra locks that he can then pass around. Just do oddball with R3. That way... He's the I-5. You get multiple locks. Um, the the issue there is that, um, like, like you are points locked on Oddball. You have to drop another upgrade. If you give Wolf or Jack R3, you just drop Marksmanship. That's not a big deal. Um, so, like, I like I like I think Wolf or Jag um, takes R3 instead of R4P. R4P is very good on the arcs, but I think just having an extra base to hold a lock. Um, and, like, via Wolf Pack, like, you could get multiple locks from different ships and you mm-hmm. could have multiple chains where it's like, all right, my arcs or, or it's like, you know, slider is going to give his lock to wolf and uh, boost is going to give his lock to Jag. And now they can both plasma different targets. And both of them, depending on how those shots went, can hand their lock over to sicko. It's, it's, it's a very big thing. Um, and it won by, uh, by just everyone jousting it. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Every time I looked over, it was just, Every opponent face jousted it. I have a separate rant for that. But also, this is not SOC Jag. So if you do shoot someone, they can wolf pack you, and then Jag can also acquire a lock on them. So you can have multiple locks that way by just shooting one ship. So about that, one of the reasons why the game went 
to time and that the score was so low is that there was an issue on the final table where um, Cox, you know, Cox has admitted he does not build a lot. He just flies whatever gets handed to him. All right. He doesn't understand Republic list building. He knows what the SOC are because <laughs> he's played them himself. So when he asked his opponent at the start of the game, oh, are those arcs like the SOC arcs for their abilities? His opponent said yes. Wolf is ish. <laughs> Jags is for this. different. <laughs> and so what happened mid-game was Han ended up shooting Wolf, I think, because he assumed like, oh, Wolf has to shoot at Han to get the lock, uh, to get Jags lock on the Han. So I'm just going to go ahead and just shoot Wolf. So he shoots into Wolf, does three damage. Then his opponent goes, oh, so I'll get a lock from Jag. And Cox went, what? And they had this big disagreement because Cox asked him, is Jag's ability like the SOC's ability? And his, his opponent said, yes. And so what it came down to was Cox asked, hey, I did three damage to Wolf, but can I not perform the shot? Because I'm granting you a plasma torpedo shot. I'd, I'd just rather not take the shot. Um, And so the TOs and the judges got involved and essentially it boiled down to uh, it was over to his opponent whether he was going to allow Cox to take back the shot or not. He said no, plasma torpedo for four shields. Oh, and they they did not extend time because of that. So that's like mm. that took a huge chunk of the game going through that, and they did not end up walking that back or giving them any extra time. So that's one of the reasons why the score was so low, and also one reason also uh, one know what your opponent's list is, and two don't lie to your opponent. Yeah, just at least like if that was more than like a two minute decision, you should have just started keeping time there and add that on to the end. That's my opinion. All right, let's move on to the next list. Crispy, why don't you go over what that list is that you yeah. ran and why All you right. ran Wrath? They want to know why you ran Wrath. Oh, I don't give a shit uh, about Wrath. Wrath is Wrath, in my opinion, is a top three ship and fell. But that's I want to know why you ran Monreg. That's my question. All right, uh, so I have. <laughs> Uh, I have Major Von Reg with Daredevil, Lone Wolf, Deuterium Power Cells, uh, Blackout with Predator, Prime Thrusters, Sensor Scramblers, uh, Kylo Ren in the Whisper with Brilliant Innovation, Malice, Predator, Pattern Analyzer, and Enhanced Jamming Suite. Then I have Wrath in there with Predator, Marshmanship, Iron Cannon, Pattern Analyzer, and Enhanced Jamming Suite. Um, so essentially what the point of this list is, is to dive and kill. Um, in a... I think in all of my games, except for the one that I drew, um, I just dived an opponent's ship because th these guys are all very fast and can all, and specifically one of the reasons why I built these guys and why I have Wrath over Quick Draw specifically is because every single one of these ships can get a self-contained double-modded shot. That, like, I, like, I want to be super consistent. When I dive in on someone, I'm going to go kill them. Like, like, that's what I want. So Von Reg, at the drop of a hat, lock focus. Easy. Um, Blackout has Predator and Prime Thrusters, which means I can focus into a barrel roll boost or a boost barrel roll. So he is extremely consistent on lining up bullseyes for the opening engagement. Um, Kylo, obviously Predator, 
with force. All he needs to do is just line up the bullseye. He can jam as well. Uh, Wrath is generally the trickier one. I need to line up the bullseye. But at I5, it's fairly easy to just see where my opponent lines up in I3 or in I4. I just stick Wrath across from him. And, you know, if they turn away, Wrath can just five straight boost and then go uh, go get a good bank. Otherwise, you know, if he needs to go boost or barrel roll and then jam, he still gets a mod uh, compared to Quick Draw, who has to lock every turn and then is basically locked out of a defense, uh, locked out of a focus token every turn. If I line up the bullseye with Wrath, I get the focus, I get the predator. It's like that is a very consistent shot. And especially if I have four double modded shots, I remove targets. Uh, four double modded three die shots every turn. Um, removes a lot of ships from the board, especially when it's followed up with two jam tokens. Um, and the double jam at I-5 kept me in a lot of games. And from my practice has kept me in a lot of games. Going up specifically against some of the more meta lists um, that we do see, the rebel lists that have been going around with Han Luke plus three, um, it is very easy to catch any of the eight wings off guard. We can jam them. Uh, we jam Luke's Torpedo every turn. He has to instinctively aim that pretty much every turn. Um, and then mid-game, once Han gets close, uh, we just double-jam Han every turn. Bistan and Percop, no longer an option. Um, going up against some of the Empire lists, uh, Boy Vader uh, without a lock is very sad. Uh, removing the Bomber's focus tokens after they perform the focus action is very funny. Because um, their locks on rocks don't save them when I can just jam Jonas or Rhymer after he moves. Uh, same thing with Rack. We can burn through Rack's lock on a rock and then his reinforce as well. Because generally Rack reinforces and then if he has any other way to you know get actions. Like he or like Morna keeps reinforces then locks. Um, we can burn through those tokens fairly quickly at I5. Um uh, and then, like, a lot of the scum lists that just require, like, tokenless fangs. Not a, like, like, they melt fairly quickly. Um, and especially being able to uh, maximize the amount of crit gen that I have on these lists. Um, marksmanship uh, on Wrath and Malice on Kylo. Uh, I have one round decimators and ghosts before. Just because I can put four to five face-up cards through it. Um like being able to dive to range one, get 13 to 15 double modded red dice into a decimator with like uh, like four or five face-up cards in there. I can quickly kill any target that is I-4 and below. Uh, I can line up bullseyes. I can double mod them uh, very fast on the opening engage. And then in the end game, I, I can lose two ships and I can rely on any of the other two to close out the game. They're all fast enough. They all put up good shots. Um, and that was my issue with quick draw was I generally started flying with quick draw. And then I realized beyond the first engagement, quick draw just doesn't do enough. Um, if I run her with like shield or deuterium, sure. She lives, but like, if I'm going to go hunt down someone, I'm just throwing three die with a lock every turn. Right. Or like three die with fire control. I'm only getting double mods. If I stay consistent on the same target from turn to turn. Meanwhile, some of these other guys like Wrath, who on those red maneuvers can double tap, or like the the bumps even. Like if I just bump into you and I take the red focus, I get a free bullseye attack at range zero before I get to shoot someone else. 
Uh, so Wrath, like from my experience, Wrath performs more bonus attacks on average than Quick Draw. Um, and that was one of the reasons why I took Wrath, just because in a four ship list, I need as much, I need as many dice rolled as possible. Um, and so Wrath being able to have those bonus attacks on those red maneuvers and on those bumps really solidified him as a better ship than Quick Draw. And especially for this meta, having a second jam action at I-5, where it's like, all right, I'm going up against an Empire list. We're going to prevent two Barrage Rockets every turn. Like, if that's my goal, I'm going to prevent the Barrage Rockets until I've killed the Bombers. Um, or if, like, Vader's my main issue, I'm just going to stick one of the Whispers on Vader every turn. Um, meanwhile, I have another Whisper that's free to go jam whoever they need, they need to. Um so yeah, I mean, I, I've been having a lot of fun, a lot of success. Uh, my draw was against a faux tie list on salvage. My worst scenario, her best scenario, um, and like it, it, like it came down to a road roll where uh, if she goes first, I know where her Kylo goes, and my Kylo can then go kill her Kylo with a range one bullseye shot. Um, but my Kylo went first. So I, I like I needed to boost into where her Kylo was at the start of the turn in order to go get the shot, but I didn't have the opportunity. And instead of rolling four dice double modded, I rolled two dice with force, um, and that Kylo lived on one. So it wasn't it like it was very back and forth. Um, I, I I went for the dive early on on a couple ships, missed a whole bunch of attacks that you know I I should have hit. She rolled out of a couple attacks. I got lucky. Uh, Wrath uh, took four damage from the first shot that she had uh, with uh, Structural and Panicked and then managed to just limp away for the rest of the game. Um, so, like, I got lucky in that aspect that uh, I think she had, like, one more shot in the Wrath that she ended up blanking out on. Um, but it was a very good game overall. And, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm very happy with this list. Like it, it, it will be my main list for a long, long time until I find something that is significantly stronger. All right. <clears throat> so JJ, the last list that we're going to cover from this one, then we're going to move on from this tournament. Sorry. Um, is phase. No, uh, what did phase run in separatist? And, and I will say like, this is probably um, a little bit crispy inspired which was originally tanner inspired so we're just going to call it there that's true because technically tanner called the hondo <laughs> move before crispy did um that's correct. that is correct so we got a cis list here being run by phase we got pre Vizsla with notorious Verit, tail gunner dead man switch and the swivel wing general grievous with marksmanship and pervian plating or afterburners and solace one volan das and the tri-fighter with marksmanship overtune modulators and shield upgrade dgs 047 with hondo naka and the stabilizers and then dfs 081 with energy shell charges in the calcs and grappling struts uh this is a very fun list um i I've been playing with bits and pieces of this particular list, um, and it's just a ton of fun. I mean, General Grievous plays totally different with the Afterburners. He feels more AC that way, especially if you're able to get like uh, the boost barrel uh, combo off with Afterburners. Um, he can really get into uh, outmaneuvering opponents, even though he doesn't have outmaneuver. Um, and then Previsla is just the beast. You know, if you if you get into uh, Previsla's face. 
he's going to shoot uh, fortified dice at you, uh, depending on your initiative. And with Notorious, if you're shooting at him, he's going to hit you back while you're strained. Uh, so it's it, there's definitely a lot of big hitter pieces on this one here. And then Hondo Naka just being able to either coordinate friendlies or jam your opponents as needed is really, really strong. I like this list a lot. Yeah. Hondo, like, all I can say is please don't raise his price anymore. <laughs> Like, like, keep him at eight. like he's not missing for Christ's sake, but it is so much fun on an I one to just kind of go in there and go, oh, I'm going to jam you. And they're like, oh, shit. Yep. Or, you don't, or you know they many, try to prep for it and then you just coordinate yourself. <laughs> yep. You know how many times I had jammed Luke? Like, so he doesn't get the, the action for the scramble or, you know, any of that stuff. And then has to take, he's like, do you want a target lock for your proton torpedoes? Or do you want the scramble? Pick, pick what you want, buddy. Mm. I'll tell you right now, I know what I'd pick, but you know. And uh, yeah, the, the strength of that being I won is that you can line that up fairly easily because you have all of the information, right? You go into the planning phase. You can look at what your opponent has on the board and go. There's a stress ship there. I get a free jam action. Yep. There you go. I'm going to coordinate that ship. And I'm going to jam someone else. Um, it also, and I've been flying more CIS recently. Uh, I like like him works. Uh, he works very well with pre. Uh, being able to coordinate the red reinforce before he goes into that first engagement, and then he just like two bl- two banks, blues it away. And then he can take a lock on the opening gauge or a scenario action. And he's got that reinforce. And now between reinforce and notorious, uh, that is a ship that just you're going to ignore for as much as you can. But in the meantime, he's going to be throwing out some pretty heavy attacks. Um, so it's like, like you're putting a big gun in the center of the board and you're practically forcing your opponent to ignore it. Yeah, I'm actually a fan of taking veteran tail gunner off of uh, Previsla. I, I am not a fan of Previsla with Veteran Tail Gunner anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. That's just me. And, and that's because I run my pre differently. But anyway. I mean, I, I run my pre with uh, Savage instead of Notorious because I think the reinforce is enough of a, a deterrent. But I'm that's just me because, you know, you coordinate the reinforce and then you can move ahead and lock and then you have lock force. Um, also, I think Savage's ability is really cool with a lot of the ships in CIS that stress themselves, um, like Tri-Fighters specifically. I love this Volan DOS build. Um, the Overtune is really, really good for that first engage. Um, and I've been, I don't know, I, I've been, I've been very happy with, um, uh, a lot of the CIS stuff and specifically face does not have dirge. Uh, that's primary in his list. Uh, that's primarily because he doesn't own a road class. Um, <laughs> as much as I've tried to convince him to go get one, he doesn't get one, and then he just still performs well. So, like, it's challenging the idea that, like, I, I see Dirge in almost every single CIS list, right? Yeah. But the four point core is pretty solid where you can throw Volan or you can throw T81 in there, and they will still perform well for a four pointer. You don't need Dirge. Um, so I mean I, I think it's very it's very nice to see a CIS list performing well without Dirge. I think that's very healthy. It's not Dirge is not a staple, quote unquote, um, where it's like you need him in order to survive. Yeah, I think that's a big thing is 
forcing the discussion of do you have to have a staple? But I think that's a good conversation for another day mm-hmm. because I've been challenged on my discussion points on that before. So let's move on to the next one. Owl Central Games. Um, and this is the one I this is the one that had the scum, the scum list um, that that made top. Uh, so we're going to I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to kick it off and say um, our Trancoom. I don't know what the hell. Yeah, I wish we had like they forced you to put names in there. Even our if it's Frank not a last name. Um, if generally if you go to their profile. Emily, it, so, it sometimes has their name. I know my name is up by my profile, and I know some people do. It's just if you go to their profile, you can check, and uh, it appears that there is not a name for this one. I'm pretty lazy. I'm not going to do that. So <laughs> um, if we're going to be honest with you. So uh, we talked about the new pattern analyzer. We talked about, you know, like, how do, how do we find, like, archetypes? This is a three-ship list. This is on the bottom, like, 10% of lists that are are, like, making cut, we'll say, right? You know, like... We aren't seeing a lot of three ship lists um, do super super well. This one went four zero. Went four zero. So you know, congrats to whatever. We're gonna call him Ryan. I'm just gonna call him Ryan because that's the first R name that comes up. <laughs> um, Ryan ran. Calf, Eamon, and Q9. Calf has proxy mines, which even like proxy mines went up two points. Still running them. VTG, Marauder, Contraband, makes a lot of sense. Um, pretty simple build for Kath. Eamon with Marksmanship, um, <laughs> Viziago. Viziago, for Christ's sake. We've, <laughs> like, we see a three-ship list win, and then we see Viz- Viziago. Yeah. Like, yeah. crazy. I love that guy. I love him from the cartoon. That uh, That's one of my favorite characters in, 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 in Star Wars. But Prox Mines... Slave one, which I'm assuming is the um, it has to be the CIS the one. CIS one, correct, yeah. And VTG, and then we have Quill, Greedo, Contraband, Shield Upgrade, Razor Crest title. Not quite sure why you put Shield Upgrade there. You could do a lot of other things. I, not really. <laughs> you can get a Force crew. That's no. You can get Force. I I don't know. This this Q9 build is. I unique. I it is like it's beyond me. I do not like I understand Greedo. I like for for one point, that's fine. And I get it where it's like if you have Greedo and Queel working together, where it's like you get the crit gen, which is very good to have, and then you getting a whole bunch of crits back isn't as bad because if you just queel, you have a pretty good chance to just flip all of those uh face up cards face down. Um you know, that doesn't stop, like, the panicked or the direct hits that you take, which fix themselves, and then we'll, you know, you, you know, you have to roll really well to get rid of them. Um, I I sort of see the Cicatro, um idea. I don't know whether that's... Because I know this goes back to, like, the ruling on Razorcrest, where the, 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 the illicit that you hide... It has to be legal to put on the ship, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. As if it were there from the start, right? Like that's the ruling. Yeah. Yeah. So you right. can't use Sicatro to pull contraband off of Q9 and then use Razor Crest to flip up another contraband. I'm a spot. Okay. 
I'm, I'm hoping that that was not the idea, but like being able to toss contraband around to like someone who like stresses themselves constantly, where it's like, I haven't used my contraband yet. You just 4K'd. I might want you to 4K again. I'm going to go throw my contraband over to you. Yeah, you can swap the contraband between Kath and Q9. And those are the only people running illicits. Uh, you can... Do you, do you have to swap to... I'm not as familiar with... Yeah, to swap them. Okay, so it's not like you can just take one if you don't have an illicit? Nope, no. you have to exchange them. Yeah. Mm, interesting. Yep. <laughs> you can swap the contraband or swap whatever you brought the razor quest after you revealed it. Yeah. Uh, but there is a... So, but and you actually, no, you, rate you can't. zero to one. Like, yeah, this is crazy to me. I you mean, also, it's one point. You also, I guess can't swap. Okay, so like, let's just say you take codes on Q9, right? You can't swap the codes with the with the contraband because then you have two copies of contraband, and that's illegal. That is also not allowed via the Vizaga rules. So you yes. can only swap the two contrabands. That is the only mm-hmm. instance, or whatever. The Razor Crest fancy one, if it was like overtuned or something, right? No, 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 because that's the thing, right? Because even if you send the overtuned over to Calf, you have to take the contraband. Oh, that's right. Back. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, have two copies of contraband, and you can't have that. Quality list building. So for one point, you have the option to at range zero to one swap the copies of contraband. Mm-hmm. I mean, for one point, if you've got nothing else to do. Yeah, you don't want to just take off marksmanship and add something like Cutthroat. I don't know. I don't even know what you do. <laughs> you just I, have two I don't either. Points left over. I, I mean, still also, don't want like, to save the shield upgrade. I'm sorry. I just it befuddles the hell out of me why we have shield upgrade here. There's also like like cat's ability is blank. Mm-hmm. It's just a proxy mine contraband vet tail fire spray. Yeah. I mean, I think it should be said that this was a ten person store champ. Um, and. Sort of running through the lists that they play. One is not one is not in the system at all. Like one is not on roll better. Um the uh, like the double decimator hark list. Uh, they didn't play the double decimator hark list. They played a first order salad of Gideon, Midnight, Quick Draw, Kylo, and Malaris. I don't think that's bad. I mean, this. I just I disagree with a lot of the loadouts on this first order list, um, but just the chassis are there. Um, played the runner up, which also is a very interesting list. Uh, and then you played uh, three T seventy and Ray, which is not a bad chassis list either. Once again, I'm sort of disagreeing with a couple of these upgrades on the T-70s. Like, it's a classic Death Ray. But some of these... Underslung Blast... Okay. Can't get um, outmaneuvered if you put the Underslung Blaster Cannon facing them. That's true. Um, <laughs> that's it. Like, this is... it. Like, it won. It, like, you have to give... Like, it went 4-0. It went 4-0. Like, that, like you have to give it that credit. I just, I don't know. I'd, I'd, I'd like to see this go up against um, Vader or Han Luke. Uh, like some of the more meta staples that did not show up at this tournament. Because that's my issue with Scum right now is that I'm building. And it's just like, all right, can you beat Han Luke? 
Can you beat Vader and Barrage Bombers? Can you beat anything that First Order has? Can you beat multiple jam tokens? Like, can you beat multiple jam actions a turn? Um, and that's like, I don't know. Like, your initiative, what, four, four, five? Yeah. It feels like you get cut up by an I6, and he didn't play an I6 all day. I mean, to be fair, fire sprays are fire sprays, but still, you know, you, you do have I mean, a point. I mean, yeah. fire sprays <laughs> moving last. <laughs> I mean, this might be the first turn when I've ever seen two Captain Harks flown. Yeah. It's impressive. All right. Let's move on to the next list. I speaking will say, of Captain Hark. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of Captain Hark, the list I chose in an effort, like I said. So obviously, that's, I don't know what that archetype is. Um, first it's coming. new. That's it's like it's old school. Double fire spray. Plus other We're just gonna call it beef, ship. I guess. That, yeah. That's all, all medium bases. All medium bases, man. It's just it's beef. Um, though I don't, I would not take shield. Uh, all right, I cannot get over the shield upgrade. I'm sorry, it really is bothering me. Like you can run a cannon, and <sighs> you can run a cannon. I don't know. I, I just to me, shield upgrade seems silly. But anyway, I have a very difficult time rolling out Q9. But <laughs> it's gone. Yeah. I mean, Q9 lost the second crew slot. Which now makes that very sad because normally it's just Mando Child. <laughs> you, yeah. you like, like Q9 will live for a long time. Um, and now it's like, you know, you can take like Ahsoka for like a single force. And generally that force should save you a, a lot of time during the game. Or like you take Babu Frick so you can like do your ability back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Babu Frick is a very like getting Babu and then being able to contraband as well. Um, very, very annoying. Very maneuverable, constantly shooting. Um, it makes for fun times. Uh, I feel like, I mean, you can get, I don't know. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I've got no answer there. Oh, the runner up list Hark and Tarkin. That's what they named it. It's got Captain Hark with Tarkin. Discipline, Veteran Tail Gunner, Mandalorian Optics. Got Tomax and Jonas and Reimer. Uh, shocker what these are built out. Saturation Salvo Barrage Rockets. Bomblets on uh, Jonas and Tomax. But Ion Twerps on Reimer. And then two Black Squadron Aces. Is your sister playing? That is, yeah. I feel like I might have built this out for D before, but I, I don't believe in that list. <laughs> It's just kind of wonky. But I am bombers, so I'm actually a big fan of this. This is actually something that I was playing around with after the points update. Um, just you know, playing around with uh, gauntlets and stuff. Have being able to use uh, Grand Moff Tarkin in addition to um, having Mandalorian optics on Captain Hark. Essentially, during the system phase, you can acquire lock with Captain Hark, um, and then use Grand Moff Tarkin to allow the rest of your list to obtain target locks onto that particular object that you've locked. Uh, particularly, you want to use this against an enemy ship they have locked. This really helps double modify uh, your ships to um, to when they're shooting off their barrage rockets at an enemy there, and then using saturation salvo to make the hits even more devastating that way. Um, this really helps with, um, with especially if you're uh, playing your bombers a little more spread out, um, so that way you don't have to depend on having them in that small bubble along with Captain Jonas, um, and allows you to really. 
uh, have those mods even if you are doing like a um, like a K turn with the tie bomber um, and uh, need to keep time on target that you at least still have those shots available um, with that target lock uh, which is really nice and it's it's pretty good I like it just remember you are not rebels you actually have to be in range to lock with Tarkin that's right um uh, yeah I was just you have Jonas right so you're like you have rerolls sure you have the flexibility but it feels like right now the bombers have the lowest burden of execution in the game they won straight focus and put out like 2.7 on average with 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 two rerolls and a focus you don't need a big joust lane like like you just need two ships wide with space for a third ship back um i it, it seems like you're you're doing the whole Mando Optics Tarkin build to double mod your TIE Fighters because the bombers are already self-double modded. I mean, it gets... Okay, so like what it does is that it gets the lock for the Ion Torpedo for Rhymer because normally Rhymer just focuses anyway. So like it allows the Ion Torpedo... And it double mods the Black Squadron Aces. But I'm not sure how much more damage that provides than just having a Vader on the board. Because this could just be a Vader. But that doesn't rhyme. That's true. <laughs> and that's the important part. Correct. I think the other part for me, too, is like um, I, I would almost trade out Captain Jonas just for uh, putting in like Merrick style, for instance, uh, for the same points and have a higher initiative ship that also relies on having those target locks and being able to uh, double mod his shots as well. I think that that would probably be worth it a little bit more, but um, hey, it did well. Can can we just like I every time I hear Jonas, I just think of the Weezer song. My name yeah. is like every time it's awful. Do 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 do. I used to play that song on rock band on like whatever the hardest setting was. That's what we used to play that song on. I love that song. I I play guitar. I love that damn thing. I don't. I hate Weezer. I'll be honest with you. Weezer, like I hate them. I think they're crap. Except for that song. I like that song. All right, let's move on to the next one. What is hey, look, the next Duncan one? Howard won another star champ. He did, and he didn't know how to enter his list correctly, and he had Kyle Katarn, which is very sad. Um, he also had a draw. Um, I'm guessing against Adam Hill, but they did a proper top four. So, um, so here we have GNS, and I don't know where the hell GNS is. It just says the Eastern Board. Uh, Duncan Howard won that one, and Alex, why don't you tell us what Duncan Howard ran? Uh, it's, a, it's a throwback kind of list here to some very degenerate days in 2.0. Uh, you have Hera in the A-Wing with Magpulse and Hopeful, which is what I would run Hera with. You had Kyle Katarn with Generoso, Hopeful, and the Moldy Crow title, which I would not run because Kyle Katarn is 5 health. Uh, you got Benthic with Leia, Perceptive, and Hopeful. Uh, you have Sabine in the TIE Fighter with Lone Wolf. Then you have Bodica with Beskar, Mando Optics, and Predator. It's a lot of token sharing. It's a lot of, oh, you're getting shot right now? Here's a free evade. 
and uh, you can do some dirty things. I, I, I've played against this list before. Uh, it is very difficult to deal with and to approach unless you have a specific tech in your list to deal with something like this. Because generally, you can just stack three tokens on Hera per turn pretty regularly. Uh, Hera takes her focus action, gets a focus from Benthic, gets a focus from Kyle. And then you sit there with Jin, and those are three focus slash evade tokens. And you pretty much just wait for the guns, the three die guns on uh, Benthic, Bodica, and Kyle to just eventually put damage through. Um, you can maybe lock with Hera on the first engage for that mag pulse and then toss that walk around to whoever has a good shot. Um, but it's pretty much you just wait out Bodica and Bodica, you know, being able to double tap, being able to get mods on both of those shots um it's just like you you gotta pick a ship early to kill um because uh, a bodica with three to four focus tokens is quite difficult to kill quickly um so generally my plan going in this is you know depending on the list it, it, it's really just target of opportunity like you got you like you gotta burn through the tokens one way or the other um if you can, uh, try to take out Kyle, um, because specifically taking out Jin is a big, big factor. Yeah, um, I'm actually surprised that he put Jin Urso on Kyle Katarn instead of like Benthic, because that's classic. You just pass the focus over, and it's a much sturdier platform. I mean, you can run Kyle in the back, sure, but I don't, I don't know. Hawks just put play uh, on Kyle. Health. It's less impactful. Uh, but the, but yeah, but the thing there is that Kyle, Leia, Leia directly Leia directly helps Benthic because you want to be able to have that white stop so you can rotate and mm -hmm. go find your target. So it is more helpful to Benthic to keep Leia around. Um, so that way, if Kyle dies, you are still fairly self-sufficient by yourself um, rather than you holding on to Leia, which is still, uh, sorry, you holding on to Jin instead of Leia, which is very good. Um, but now Benthic is just on like focusing duty. He doesn't have uh, as much of an opportunity to, you know, do the white stop and rotate, so he can't help out and keep shooting uh, at the same time. So it's it's a bit more. I want to say it's a bit more helping towards Benthic, um, and like like Benthic's eight health is going to have all those tokens. Is probably going to be a more consistent gun throughout the game. So if you if you want to prioritize keeping Benthic alive, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, I was gonna say I think in this particular list, Benthic will be out much more in combat. So I can see where the logic is putting Jin on like Kyle Katarn because Benthic's gonna be more in the fight, mm -hmm. probably because it's. I mean, you're really really depending on Benthic and Podica to do most of that work, with Hera just kind of supporting and doing the Magpulse once, and then Sabine's doing whatever Sabine's doing. She's not part of the fight. It's just... Uh, I, I I was thinking of something similar um, with Boy uh, Garvin for Infinite Focus, kind of shenanigans, classic Heratani kind of stuff, but I mean, this is pretty, pretty tough to go through. Now, if I remember correctly, Duncan Howard now has what three store championships, right? With I different so. 
Thanks. Only four more to go. <laughs> where, Chris, with the scum where are you on. at with that? What, how, how many Sir Champions do you have with different factions? I'm, I am 0 for 1. I'm just... Listen, I'm an online player. I'm not I'm not good in person. The skills don't translate. I I, I, I don't know, man. I played I, you I, a like, lot, bro. I, I think you're you're just as good. I man. mean, one of my favorite memories from Worlds uh in March was Duncan Howard sitting across the table telling me that online play doesn't translate. Um <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Yeah. Crispy, tell us what the hell Paul Heaver ran and, and why. And I <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Paul's got three SOC ships, uh, Oddball, Wolf, and Anakin uh, in the Ada, three very consistent ships. Then you have uh, two N1s. You have Padme with Juke, Passive Sensors, Plasma Tributed, and Q7 Astromech. Uh, and then you have Rick Ale with Juke, Crackshot, and Q7 Astromech. So. <laughs> um, I think Q7. To flex on someone actively makes your list worse. Um, how how cheap is Q seven? That's one that's point. One point. So. It's one point. If you have a spare point, no, but it hurts you because then you can get tracked under rocks. Because uh, when you boost your barrel, you can overlap obstacles. So the tractor rules can now put you onto rocks by boosting your barrel, rolling you on those. If you run into a, a list with tractor and that happens uh, like i think that that's like i don't know that that, that feels I'm like a long, have that long shot sure like it, it can't happen absolutely but for one point being able to like go you know i don't like where i'm at i'm just gonna boost through this gas cloud and just yeah that's that's it. exactly yeah that's exactly what i was gonna say it's just if you have the gas cloud and you you have an oncoming onslaught of uh, target locks coming your way that's a pretty good way to get out of town and boost out of, you know, uh, being a gas cloud at the expense of getting a strain. And possibly um, an ion. And possibly an ion. You automatically <laughs> get the strain in a 50-50 of getting ionized. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I think that's just like an emergency maneuver. I'm very curious if you actually use it during the uh, the tournament there. But, uh, hey, I mean, it, it could have a use. Heaven forbid if you get the 50-50, if this barrel roll fits between this obstacle or not, because... You could just put it on the rock now. You have so, to do that barrel roll. So just to make sure I'm getting the order operations right. So let's say that you do a five straight into a gas cloud, right? Are you able to still get the the evade token action, or do you have to roll for the the ion? Uh, the game effect takes first. Damn, that sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. unless, unless it's pattern analyzer, then pattern analyzer always is in your favor. So if yeah. you have the 50-50 getting ionized by going through the gas cloud and not landing on it, and you don't get ionized, then yes, you could do the booster barrel roll through the Do we know what Paul took? No uh, idea. Four. He was three and one. Yeah, so. No, 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 no. he like, turns like obstacles. obstacles. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't Obstacle-wise. I, you can I look it up. I don't, don't see a benefit for bringing those for one point i mean there, than... there's nothing like juke crack shot takes up all of rick's loadout there's uh except for one point which he doesn't have a mod slot you um, don't have to bring q7 you don't have to build up to 100 of the points sure but you but you can take it it, it gives you an op like it gives you an option right if you happen to run into a sun fact 
and you then put yourself in that situation, I, I feel like I, I I feel like Paul's good enough to play around that. Um but no, I like I like Padme. Um I think that that's a good good play. Um I think she's really good, especially if you're gonna stack two copies of Juke in there. Um then you just let you just let the arcs face tank and then you let Padme Rick Annie do the damage. Just a fairly solid all around list. And Padme can shoot last in that list too, because she's the same initiative as like Wolf. Yep. And on the rest of your fives or six. So yep. the juke's effective. Yeah, also the passive plasma. So you can, you know, if you haven't gotten a, sh- a ship's shields down yet, you can take that or you can just go ahead and st- get started on another target while the rest of your list finishes off someone. So, like, I don't know. It, 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 it's a solid build. I like it. Except for the Q7. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Last one we're going to cover tonight, and we're going to call it a night, is Imperial Outpost. Um, they had enough to do a top cut. These are your top lists here. Um, looks like Crazy Game came out ahead here. Crazy Game ran an Empire list with Tomex brand Rhymer and Jonas, all with Serachin, whatever, Salvo crap, um, Barrage Rockets, Bomblet Generators, except for Rhymer has Seismics and Delayed Fuses. And, um, is that because Rhymer doesn't have two bomb slots? Rhymer does not have two device slots. And then Halo. Boy Vader and Vizier with Palpatine instead of the normal Vizier we've been seeing. Obviously, a pretty solid list, very similar-ish to what we've seen before. Um, can you get ion bombs for four points? Mm-hmm. Yes. I, it, to me, I would take ion bombs over seismic charges. I would also, but um, I I understand why you would want seismic charges. Yeah, but I, th- I think the ion bombs feels better uh, because you're not taking target locks anyway. <laughs> so, like for you, it doesn't matter. You know, yeah, it's like, like, it's like a wider area, so I true. can see that, yeah. and it'll, especially with a lot of ships. Also, it, 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 it clears up board space for Vizier. Yeah, the last, the last list is Alex Farley. JJ, what scum list did he run? So I like this list a lot. This is actually something that I was playing around with for a while for uh, for scum. So we got Fenrau here with Fearless Clan Training Shield Upgrade. Oh, <clears throat> Oterra with Fearless Clan Training, Mando Optics, Best Guard Reinforced Plating. Cad Bane with Marksmanship, Sync Laser Cannon, Xanadu Blood, and Succus. And then Leighton Ashera with Lone Wolf and Ion Cannon. And then Bosk with Marksmanship and Expert Handling to round off the list. This is a solid fight ship list there uh, that can cover the board there. Uh, you have that uh, that that objective grabber there with uh, Leighton Ashera and Bosk uh, being able to be those cheap objective grabbers that can easily make up their points of worth and objectives and then you got the really good hitters with Fenrau and Ulti uh, being able to go out there and try to um, deny tokens punch really hard at range one and run away if they need to uh, Cadbane being that nice range three support uh, with sync laser cannon being able to potentially stress an opponent to limit their dice or rather limit their dial for the follow up shot if they do get uh, end up passing that stress there um, 
and then that allows for friend route to uh, follow up with another range one shot if they're unable to um they, they don't have a really good dial to help clear that stress uh so it's a very solid list there i like this one clan training over marksmanship that's yes. all i have to go say no, whoa, whoa, whoa. I've been running Fenrir with clan training, and I am very impressed with it. I, I think it opens up a lot, and I think it is definitely underutilized. Um, I like it here. Um, no, no movement upgrade on either Fenrir or Alterox, so no burnout thrusters and no burners. Mm-hmm. You are really trusting those guys to get to where they need to be. Um, and going for Beskar and Ulterok and Shield on Fenral. Um, so, like, you are definitely trusting. And, and I know Alex is a fantastic player. So, if he feels like he's able to get those range ones off where he doesn't need the extra upgrades, he doesn't need to spend points to get himself to range one, I think that that's, you know, that's a good use of his points then. Um, but, like, yeah, being able to scenario action with fen and then clan training for your focus at i6 so that way you're fine or uh, like if you get outside someone's firing arc you can then just lock and then clan training and you don't need to worry about using fearless for your mod because you can just get the devil mod uh right away so it's um it's very very good um i like like the rest of the list is just solid value pieces boss is good um cat over dirge i think is interesting I I understand like I like I love Cad Bane with Zuckus. I'm personally an Ion Cannon fan over Synced Lasers just because I'd rather have that extra die at range one, um, and having a second Ion Cannon in there, um, where along the lines of, like uh, with um, Layton, you can shoot into medium base ships and potentially ionize them, and then being able to have the choice of you know if I ionize you. You know, I, I may not need to pass the stress to you this turn. I can then say that uh, I can say that token passing for next turn. Um, but no, this this just looks like a solid list. Uh, the issue is just if your fangs die, is your offense? You have you have no output. You have no output for the rest of the game. Sync cannons, sure. Ion cannons, sure. Bosk is probably going to die upon being looked at. Um, at least he put extra handling instead of dead man. <laughs> <laughs> People kept putting dead man on there. I'm like, have you played a game with Bob? like a Z95? You know, they just shoot him like twice and now yeah. it's dead. And now your that's why you for, that's why are dead. You four straight up the enemy with Bosk. Yeah. You, if, if he takes, if he takes two shots on the opening and like, hell, if he survives two shots and he lives to, you know, distract your opponent's third shot in the opening engage, that is two points well spent. Yeah. The most recent game I played with Skull Bosk, Z95, I think he rolled 13 straight of AIDS. There you go. And that's the best dice lock I've ever had in my life. And I'm just like, huh. I mean, I, I, I'm a fan <laughs> of two points. this entire first wave and didn't do anything. I mean, I'm a fan. I I am in the... If there is something that turns my dial, it's uh, two-point ships that have loadout. Uh <laughs> I was going to say, is this better than BB-8? Yes. Bosk is not better than BB-8. I, I like BB-8 a lot more than Bosk. I play both consistently. <laughs> yeah, BB-8, BB-8 does dirty is a million times better. But don't like, tell me. Don't Sabine, tell me. Sabine is better than BB-8. I'll give you that. 
but Sabine is not nearly as personal as BB-8 is, <laughs> and there is no reason for BB-8 to have loadout. I will, I, I will like. There are very few hills I want to die on. That is one of them. I love just dropping like three or four of eight tokens. Just be like, here, please shoot me. <laughs> I, I have I have multiple I have multiple rants about why BB-8 should not be two four. Make them two zero or make them three twelve. Just don't make them two four, please. I'm begging you. But no one no one listens to me. Is that why you disrespected my BB-8 when we played at Worlds? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I I will I will first engage kill BB-8 every round. I don't, I don't care if I have poet range one. I will take the range three shots of BB-8. You did. I did. That was there. <laughs> That's hilarious. <laughs> no. All right. All right. All right. Uh, we we've moved off the rails. <clears throat> you should have brought that up during our uh, "What Turns My Dial" segment. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Maybe we'll do a pre-recorded segment where Crispy gets "What Turns My Dials," and then we'll react to it. <laughs> you know, once a month. Like I'll I'll come on. I'll record you. And then, you know, like, I'll just, like, you don't have to join the rest of the cast. I'll just, like, play that clip. <laughs> and then we can all react to it. Because what turns Crispy's dials is BB-8. Not Finn. Nope. Not Finn. Nope, BB-8. <laughs> Not Torkelmux. Nothing else. Just BB-8. Just Correct. the stupid little droid that, I don't that know. That could. <laughs> he, does, he does no damage. He does no damage. He Wrong. Just, just Wrong. Just don't shoot at him. He does emotional damage. BB-8 is the secret killer. Oh my god! No, he's not. He shoots last. Oh my gosh! I've had back-to-back games. So, like, the whole reason that this started was I had back-to-back games where he one-shot at midnight and then killed Kylo with shields. (laughs) (laughs) Like, did four to midnight. Next game, did four to Kylo. And then, like, two games later. Almost soloed blackout. Like I'm not even joking. I I am done with this guy. I'm do- absolutely done. He is dead on site, or he solos my list. Like I have to first round him. There's no other. Like I have no other plan. Is it is it BB8's fault, or is it the lack of your green die showing up? I mean, no. It, it, it's, it, I like BB8 is the common factor. Here. Oh my god! All right. Next week on Plenty Face Syndicate, Crispy comes on and spends two hours talking about why BB-8 should be non-existent. With that being said, thank you, Crispy, for joining us. It was a good episode. We went a little bit longer than normal tonight, and I know I have I probably scrolled through all the other uh, store champs. We are not going to cover as many um, as we had been doing. Um, so tonight was kind of your, there's another hour worth of content. Um, tomorrow or not tomorrow <laughs> next week oh boy. next week we'll be covering a few we will be covering a few of them and we'll spend a little bit more time having the conversation about archetypes and different things like that next week when we do our pattern analyzer segment um, but next week we're going to be covering uh, we're going to try to keep going through our list archetype scenario I really want to get that segment uh, buttoned up and and then we're going to be doing some other stuff, uh, some, maybe some new player stuff coming up here um, in a couple of months. If you want to, you're welcome to join our Patreon. You're welcome to join us here on Twitch or on YouTube or through our podcast app. Make sure you like, subscribe, do whatever floats your boat. 
um, to be a part of our community. I will admit our Discord is not the most active Discord, but uh, you're welcome to join our Discord, and we, we share our stuff. That's where we share uh, most of our discussions on there. Um, JJ's supposed to be posting on Facebook, so um, hopefully you can see our stuff on Facebook as well. With that being said, thank you all. Have a good night, and we will see you on the flippity-flop.